Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah was surat, was salam, wa rasulullah. Wa ashadu an la ilaha illallah wa ahdu la sharika la. Wa ashadu anna muhammadin abdullahi wa rasuluh. All praises are due to God. All praises are due to God. All praises are due to God, Lord of all the worlds, Lord of all the universe. I ask that his peace and blessings be bestowed upon our Prophet Muhammad the last of the prophets, the final of the prophets, completing the long chain of prophets and messengers, which includes Jesus and Moses and Ibrahim and all the prophets and messengers we learn about in God's holy Quran. May God's peace and blessings be upon them all. I bear witness that there is no God worthy of worship than the one God, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and I bear witness that Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam is the final messenger of God. My dear brothers and sisters, salaamu alaykum wa rahmatullah. It is September 11th, 2020. And today is a difficult day in our country's history and our nation's history. And I think it would lack empathy and lack a degree of grace if we did not speak to the fact that this was a difficult day. It would be difficult to go forward with this day without acknowledging the nearly 3,000 innocent people who died that day, 19 years ago, tragically. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant paradise to those who initially innocently perished. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give comfort and sustainment to the thousands of loved ones who are still mourning their loss. We shall always remember the victims, inshallah. And to be clear about the mindset with which we come from, the emotional place from which we come from as Muslims as we remember this day when terrorism struck our land, we Muslims acknowledge 9-11 not with some sort of complex. We acknowledge 9-11 not with some sort of guilt, feeling of guilt as some of the Islamophobes would like to put upon us that your religion did this or your people did that, etc. That's the language and behavior of the ignorant and the bigots. Rather, we respond to this day, with so, to this solemn day, with the prayers for the victims and their families. And as a day that we Muslims in America and our various races, races and cultures and ethnicities and backgrounds, that we suffered on this day 19 years ago two forms of pain, two forms of tragedy, two forms of difficulty. One was the pain that our nation, that our country was attacked in such a vicious way. The second is the pain that our faith and our community was attacked by the terrorists themselves who masqueraded themselves as Muslims. Now, the pains and the trials that arose from September 11, 2001, and the 19 years now of intervening history between then and now, all the things that happened, the wars that were spawned, the difficulties that were created, there are too, there are too many, large and small, to enumerate here today, but we all know what they are, and they are well documented. And all of us who are old enough to remember that day undoubtedly remember where they were that fateful morning that we found out about what was happening in New York 
in Washington, D.C., and in Pennsylvania. For myself personally, I was on a freeway driving to work. It was a little bit past 6.30 in the morning, and I got a call from a friend of mine, Tarek Trod, asking me, hey, did you hear about what's happening in New York? And I had not at that point. He said, turn on the radio. So we turned on the radio, and oh my God, within seconds, if not you know, minutes or what have you, it became clear that the nation was under attack. It became clear that this was not any ordinary day. And so I detoured from my job. While I was on my way to work to down in downtown LA, I said, this is not gonna be a typical day. And I immediately started making my way to here, 434 South Vermont, the Islamic Center of Southern California. Because I knew at that time that whether we liked it or not, and that was a time that was very unfortunate, that when things would happen in the world, some terrorist event or something like that, automatically, automatically it was Muslims that were implicated before we, it was even known who it was. Automatically, we as Muslims, when we heard something in the news at that time, something of a big scale, we would pray, oh my God, subhanahu wa ta'ala, please do not let it be a Muslim. So when 9-11 happened, immediately my thought was, this is a huge day. We've got to make sure the Islamic Center in, and, the, and the community in general are protected. And whilst on my way here, I first stopped at the police station, at the LAPD Rampart station, which was covering us at the time. And I told the watch commander there, and I said, look, and I wasn't a police officer at the time, I said, look, you know as well as I that people are going to be bloodthirsty based on what happened in New York and Washington and Pennsylvania, and they're going to think we did it. You got to protect us. You got to put a police car or something out in front of the Islamic Center. And without hesitation, they had a car here within minutes. And so after the police station, I made my way here to the Islamic Center, and already there were community leaders and people who were gathering here because they also knew and realized how significant of a moment we were in. And it was, mind you, at the time that this was all happening, that day, we didn't know what was going to happen to us as a community. We weren't sure what was going to happen to the world. We knew this was something where you had pre-9-11 and post-9-11. And so we were here. And the phones were ringing off the hook. And there were people here who said, don't answer any of the phones. Don't speak to anybody. Don't speak to the media. Because if they, if we get our names in the paper, if we get our names out there, we're going to get targeted. We're, this, is, this will become the focal point for people to attack us. And there was another camp that morning that said, no, let us pick up the phones. As, in as a matter of fact, let us initiate a press conference and talk to people to tell them who we are and what we stand for, and how we are so tragically against, uh, so we are against, such this against this tragic attack. And so there were these two camps that morning. And the camp of engagement was the one that finally won out. Within hours, there was maybe a 10 media trucks in front of our Islamic Center. The phones kept on ringing off the hook. So whether we liked it or not, we became a point of focus 
for the community. And I'm not just talking about the Muslim community, I'm talking about the larger Southern California community. They wanted to know what we thought. And as the phones were ringing, I decided to pick up one of the phone lines. And I remember distinctly, and I'll never forget it, I picked up this one phone call, and there was a man on the other side who was crying. He was bawling. And he was so pained by what had happened. And he said, through his crying voice, he said, why did you do this to us? Why did you do this to, why did your people do this to us? Now, how do you deal with a man who's in such pain to share with him that that's really not the right way to think about it, not that was incorrect? How do you share and deal with the depth of pain that that person has and bring them back into some degree of rationality? That was not going to happen on that phone call. And so I said to the man, I said, look, I feel your pain, I, I understand how you are feeling, and know that I am feeling pain as well, and if there's one thing you take away from this conversation, please understand that we are not them and they are not us. They attacked us as well. And Allah Alam, God knows best, and we, we moved on. At the time, our main leaders here in the Muslim community, Dr. Maher Hatut, Allah Yarhamu, and our esteemed leader, Salam al-Mariyadi, were not here in LA. They were in Washington, D.C. They were, in fact, scheduled to meet with President, then President Bush to talk about some of the concerns that we have as Muslims. And so they were not here, and we didn't have all the modern technology that we have now. And so it meant that we, as those of us here, had to respond, had to engage, had to speak to what was the issue of the day and be very clear about where we stood and what our thinking was, despite the fact that we were feeling pressure, despite, despite the fact that we were feeling stress, despite the fact really that we were getting death threats as well. We did not recoil. We did not shutter the doors. We stood up and we engaged in that moment of difficulty. And in the second part of the khutbah, we'll talk a little bit more about what engagement means to us. Allah, ask Allah for whatever you want. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah wa salatu wa salam wa rasulullah wa ashadu an la ilaha illa Allah wa ahdu la sharika la wa ashadu anna muhammadin abdullahi wa rasuluh. You know, right now here in California, there are fires raging up and down the state. From the very south to the very north. And some estimates have put it that there are over three million acres that have been burned the largest by far, I think, is something like a 2,000% increase over last year's forest fires. And for those of us who live here in Southern California, especially in the foothill communities, you can see the smoke. You can not only see the smoke, you can, it's, you can breathe it, you can taste it. It's, the smoke is in our atmosphere. As a matter of fact, I saw on the news yesterday, somebody said that the smoke is so dense and so much that it has reduced sunlight by 25 percent 
the sunlight getting to the ground, subhanAllah, and we see the pictures on social media. It is unhealthy to breathe, for sure, so be careful. And these forest fires, they are unfortunately causing much damage. There is an immeasurable and incalculable loss to wildlife, to property, and of course, human lives have been lost in, uh, in the past several weeks because of these forest fires. My neighbor said to me the other day, it feels like the apocalypse. And this speaks to the issue of climate change and, and that deserves a whole separate discussion in khutbah. But why am I bringing up the forest fires? I'm bringing it up because the devastation caused by the forest fires, the scientists have told us, uh, that such fires are healthy and even important. And despite the tragedy that forest fires bring, they actually help renew. They actually help bring a stronger forest back, a stronger and more vibrant, healthier uh, animal life back. And that analogy applies, I believe, to a post 9-11 America. That out of that horrific day 19 years ago, out of a day where within a 24-hour period, Islam and American Muslims were thrust into the national and global spotlight under very adverse and stressful conditions. On a day where American Muslims thought they might be rounded up, like the Japanese were rounded up during World War II and interned. On a day where there was so much difficulty that 19 years later, while there have been undeniable negative things that have happened, there has been an overall increase in understanding of Islam and Muslims. Again, I'm not denying the wars, the trials, the things that have happened negatively to Muslims here in these United States. But overall, our country did not implode, did not attack its Muslim population overall. Now, we have found that some of the most vile critics of Islam have actually converted to the faith. We now see politicians referencing religious groups in America. They've gone from saying Christians and Jews to Christians, Jews, and Muslims. That churches and synagogues has gone to now churches, synagogues, and mosques. That the entertainment industry has included more positive and nuanced portrayals of Muslims in TV and film cartoon hero now, heroes now from Marvel and so on and so forth. And TV commercials now feature when they're doing these cross-cultural ads, they include a woman in hijab. It's odd not to see a woman in hijab now. Interfaith is gatherings are incomplete when Muslims are not there. My point is, is that it has been far from perfect in a post 9-11 America. There is no question about it. There have been injustices. There have been wrongs. But 9-11 caused America to ask, who are the Muslims? Who are Muslims and what is Islam? And while some facets responded negatively, on the whole, America did not turn on its Muslims, like I said. They did not turn on its Muslims like you see happening in China, with the genocide being committed against our Uyghur brothers and sisters.
They did not turn on their Muslims like we're seeing in parts of India now, where the mob is being stirred up and Muslims are being killed en masse and mosques are being destroyed. What we have in America is a far different experience for us Muslims. Yes, there are problems, again, but different facets of America, from industry to government to entertainment, and to our neighbors as well, we engaged in difficult conversations. We engaged in difficult times, but America, on a whole, took the path of trying to figure out how to understand and include and embrace Muslims. To be sure, that is still an ongoing process, but despite all the warts and all the problems that we have in our country, let us know, let us remember, and let us acknowledge that that is a beautiful thing about our nation. And Muslims engaged. It is because we engaged, because we put ourselves out there and took the risk and kept our faith in God, that some of these things that we take for granted today, 19 years later, weren't so easily done or managed over that time. Um, and while we may not have been able to bring justice to a particular case or a particular instance, while certain people who we talk to in various, those same people that we talked to then and that we get engaged then, they themselves have carried the message forward as they promote through the ranks and take on greater reins within government and within other facets of society. The concept of engagement, why do we stay engaged? It is best exemplified, in my opinion, from a story from Rasulullah's life, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, where we see during the life of Rasulullah, before he became prophet, a prophet, there's the very famous story of the black stone and the resetting of the black stone. And very quickly, without getting into too much detail because we don't have the time for it, there is the story of the Kaaba and how it was at a point of being rebuilt and how the black stone in the corner of the Kaaba, which had been removed, now needed to be reset into the Kaaba. And the tribal leaders at the time, the clans of, uh, 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 from the pagan Quraysh in Mecca at the time, there was a number of them that were bickering for the honor of being able to put the, the black stone back into the corner of the Kaaba. Yes, it, was a, it, was it would have been considered a great honor, a great dignity conferred upon the person who was allowed to place the, the black stone back into the corner of the Kaaba. And one tribal chief was saying, I should be the one to do it for such and such reasons. And another tribal chief said, I should be the one to do it for such and such reasons. And it became very, uh, a very uh, heated argument, a derisive argument. And it, uh, like, uh, like the pagan Quraysh were, they became very emotional and hot-headed. And they weren't able to come to a decision. And as the story goes, as you all know, they decided that the next person walking through the gate, whoever they decide will be the person to put the, the stone back, will accept that decision. And of course, who walked through the gate? Muhammad And the reaction, look at the reaction when they saw that it was Muhammad. They said, ah, Muhammad, alamin. 
He is the one who we trust the most. And thank God has sent somebody. They didn't say God, but they said, we have somebody who we trust. He will make the right decision. And what did Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam do? He laid out a sheet, put the black stone into the middle of the sheet, had each tribal member take a corner of the sheet and go around the sheet, and they all came together and put the black stone into the corner of the Kaaba. Look at the thinking. Look at the thinking at a time of high emotion, at a time of high stakes, at a time when there was bicker, bickering and, uh, uh, and an argumentation. The Prophet وسلم, he wasn't the Prophet then, but it was before he got the message, but his innate wisdom that he had that God blessed him with allowed him to make an innovative decision. Something that should characterize all of us as Muslims, all of us in how we practice our faith. Why am I telling you this story? How does it relate? You see, 19 years on from 9-11, America is still struggling. We live in tumultuous times now in these United States. The protests, the violence, it is not an easy time. America is still struggling with its demons. America is currently struggling with the tribal demon of racism. It is dealing with the tribal demon of white supremacy, the tribal history of police abuse, the tribal demons of slavery and civil rights abuses. Let us Muslims be the people that walk through the gate. Let us Muslims be looked upon as the community that is wise. Let us be the community that is black and white, that is immigrant and multi-generational, men and women, but who all believe in la ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah. Let us be known for our wisdom and our trustworthiness and walk through the gate into America and, go, and that America should then trust us to put out the fire. Let us be the community that shows how to pick up that proverbial black stone and make America more harmonious and be the model nation that it should be. For our faith and our patriotism tell us we should. It is up to us Muslims to be the voice of reason and balance to save the country. For America is slow to learn, but we Muslims have the ability to teach. May God help and guide us in this endeavor. Oh Allah, please bless the victims of 9-11. Please forgive their sins and enter them into paradise. Oh Allah, please provide sustenance and comfort to the family members who mourn the loss of the loved ones 19, 19 years on from this day, from that day. Oh Allah, please guide our nation during this time of stress and strife and pandemic. Please heal our wounds. Please bring justice and peace and please guide us to a cure. Oh Allah, please place your choices of blessings upon the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu and upon all the believers. Oh Allah, please guide us to the straight path, the path of those whom you have favored and blessed, not the one of those, the one of those who have earned your anger or gone astray. Akalmatu salah. <laughs>